0: Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast, is Jonna Capone. Jonna falls under the model category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We chat about how she started modeling, how she grew her social media accounts, and the type of positive content she'd like to put out into the world. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Hi. How are you doing? Oh,
1: you know... <laughs> Everything's great. It's a lovely Sunday. Oh, How you, are you doing? I'm good. Could you please introduce yourself? Of course. So, uh, my name is Jana Capone, uh, aka Curvy Capone. That is my influencer name and alter persona, if you will. A lot of people know me by that. Um, and I am an influencer, a model, an actor, and a singer. Um, and I have been for the past few years living in New York city as a working actor and model. Um, and then recently with this pandemic have now moved to a new location outside of the city and have been here for a few months and just making it work with all the, the different happenings and changes of the
0: industry with COVID. So yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Um, so whenever I interview Sparkle Air models for the podcast, I always ask them if they call themselves a model and why or why not. And you just did Mm -hmm. in your intro. So why do you call yourself a model? What do you think that means? And when did you start calling yourself a model? That is an awesome question. So I start, I started calling myself a model when
1: I was a booked and signed to do, uh, national campaigns and national commercials and modeling became fit modeling as well as print, uh, became my job, um, really where I started getting paychecks for it, uh, consistently. (laughs) Um, and (laughs) now that's very different, but, um, I started basically, I would say a few years ago, I definitely wouldn't say I was a model to start. I would say I loved photos and I wanted to get into the industry and I loved being in front of the camera and worked with a bunch of different people just doing sort of different lifestyle sort of photos and headshots and things like that. Um, I've always been an actor and so photography and photos has been sort of a protocol in that, you know, headshots and, and everything like that, commercial shots that way. Um, But actually modeling for companies and starting to get requests from companies uh, started about three years ago. Um, And I've been working ever since. Uh, I've worked with um, national commercials, national campaigns, and also smaller companies as well. Um, And so I would definitely consider myself a model and started calling myself so uh, about three years ago.
0: Great. Um, And if folks are watching the video version of this, then obviously they already know. But if people are only listening to the podcast version, could you describe what you look like? Yes, of course.
1: Uh, So (laughs) I am
0: half Swedish, half Italian.
1: So I got all the Swedish uh, skin and all the Italian attitude and curve, I think. (laughs) Um, So I have uh, brown hair. I'm uh, Caucasian. And I am a size 16, 18. Um, and I have been a curve plus model specifically, uh, in that industry for the past uh, few years. Um, even more so I'm actually on the p- more petite, I'm using air quotes for people who aren't watching the video, but, uh, <laughs> deep side in some, in some cases of the five, seven. So, uh-huh. um, a lot of places, I'm sure people have had experiences with this. They only take five, eight and up. I have been very blessed to work with commercial agents and fit agents who my measurements just fit what they need. Um, Mm -hmm. And even being 5'7", I've been able to do runway shows and things like that. Sometimes you can get in with people and designers who you've worked with for fit or you've worked with uh, doing something else and they have a runway show or they have something that they're like, well, we'll put heels on you. Like, (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) We'll put heels on you. It's like, all right, cool. Um, So yeah, so that is basic description of, of what I look like.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and do you have multiple agencies? Do you do f- freelancing or are you, um, exclusive? Yeah. So I have
1: multiple agencies. One of the biggest pieces of advice that I ever received when I was first starting out was to not sign a, um, an exclusive contract right off the bat with anyone. Um, because I had definitely, when I first started modeling, had a lot of sketchy agencies that were not uh, legitimate uh, reach out to me. And Mm -hmm. I've had other models or other people who are looking to be in the industry have that happen to them. Um, And so just, I'm non-exclusive. So I work with uh, my fit agent and commercial agent. One of them is uh, Stets Models. I work with CESD for commercial print. I work with uh, Funny Faces Today for commercial Mm -hmm. print. And then my TV, film, social media, and theater agent uh, is ATB across the board talent. So I work with a bunch of different agencies, and then I have a smaller agency that is out of Long Island. When I first started, that has been great. They every once in a while will, will come up with some awesome gigs for me called Hampton Hampton Smith Agency. Um, mm-hmm. All non-exclusive. I worked for a short time with State Management, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So different uh, different agencies, but all non exclusive because it means that I can work all over, which is what I intended on doing in the first place. So. Mhm.
0: Mhm. Um, and I know you already mentioned it uh, a little bit, but and I also just know because I know you obviously <laughs> that you, you know, I I feel like was it fair to say that you were attempting to be more of an actor first and then you kind of just ended up modeling or like what was that what was that uh trajectory
1: oh absolutely absolutely so I and I actually was supposed to be an operatic singer that was Mm -hmm. what my my degree and what I went to school for and when I came to New York for and I've always loved acting and I've been on stage and things, things like that since I was young. But when I came to New York, the intention was to do operatic studies and also tried to try my hand at acting. Okay. Um, but I was in a show uh, with a friend who was the costume designer for the show. And she came up to me one time and I think, you know, I think I've told you the story before, but, but she came up and she said the weirdest thing. She was like, you're, you're very proportional. <laughs> and I, I think that's like sort of a thing where, like, if you're in costumes or fashion or anything, it's like, oh, okay. Like, it, it took it definitely as a compliment. But I, I, she said, you're very proportional. You, you know, have you ever modeled before? And I sort of just looked at her like, I'm a fourteen, sixteen. Like, I'm not. I'm like a thick girl. Like, I'm not. You know, that's not a thing. And she's like, oh yeah, it totally is. Um. So she introduced me to a friend, and uh, we sat down and had coffee. And she was awesome. And she said this is who I work for and they have open calls and you can go and do the open call. I went to the open call and they sent me home. They were like, we're not interested and everything. Mm -hmm. And then that same girl called me a few weeks ago or a few, a few weeks after. And she said, I can't do this photo shoot. Can you do this photo shoot? It's like either, it was like very short notice. And I was like, absolutely. yeah, 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 totally. And it was my first professional photo shoot for Dia and co. And I showed up on set and uh, a, a colleague of mine, Maxie Green, who also is an influencer and a model, she basically said, you're good at this. Like, what What do you do? <laughs> do you, are you <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm not. And she made a phone call, sent an email and basically took photos right on set. We had hair makeup because like, I did hair makeup. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm, she was like, stand over here. This is a blank background. Let me take a few shots of you. And sent it to her agent, which actually happened to be the same agent I went to the open call for. And they signed me for fit um, the next week. And then from there, I just met people and had basically different opportunities to model. And I I worked with photographers and I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I probably should get better at it. And um, just sort of went through different uh, castings. That's how I got to smart glamour was just, you know. A casting and came in and um yeah every just sort of small world people knew people and guided me to those people and then that's how the modeling sort of happened and from there it's been what I do mostly mainly um mm-hmm. which has been great uh but it definitely wasn't the wasn't the goal when I came to New York at all um but I'm very grateful for it because it's done a lot of cross sort of worlds that have allowed mm-hmm. me to do more stuff, which is great. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I feel like you started modeling with me in 2017? Mm-hmm. Yes, because um, did you meet Alex at a d Co- and Co- thing I, and then I met
1: Alex, yes. Yes, yeah. so she was at the same shoot that that happened, uh-huh. and then we stayed in touch. And she sent me, Alex sent me the casting, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "This look, this is great, yeah." And <sighs> uh, and that's exactly right. Like she was on that exact shoot, and um, yeah, that's how I got into Smart Glamour, and and have do- been doing that since yeah, 2017. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I <know. laughs> what is what is time.
0: Uh, I'm like, also, I don't know January, anymore.
1: January's gone. Like what happened in January? I don't know. I it's know, it's, it's, no, like, it's what? ridiculous. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. 2015, it was Alex. It was totally Alex. Got me into it.
0: Yeah. So before um, starting to model in general, so before the D&Co thing, but also before modeling for me, before it becoming your career. What was your relationship to fashion, whether that be, you know, as a consumer or, or, or anything like wanting to be an actor or anything? Yeah. So I have a very interesting
1: relationship with fashion. I, so I grew up, my grandmother basically dressed us, um, and she dressed us, I would say as little nuns. For, for like a good, a good amount of our childhood. Um, the only places, (laughs) the only places we really went were like Talbot's, Mm -hmm. um, and had skorts. There were a lot of like skorts and, uh, plaid, uh, matching outfits for like a long time with my sister and I. People thought we Uh were, um, and so I never really was around. My mom was really fashionable. I mean, she she would put makeup on in the car and I always thought that was fascinating. And then she was a businesswoman. Like she would, she, you know, I put that quotations as well, but she would go out, she was a working mom. And so Mm -hmm. she was in pantsuits and and, and dresses with, you know, blazers and things like that. But it was never sort of, that never caught on really. Um, And it was also hard because I have always been a bigger person. I have, I, when since I was younger, I mean, we were very athletic when I was younger. The second I hit puberty, it was, it was, I was the first one to have boobs in my class. I was, mm-hmm. I had hips, I had broad shoulders. Um, I had big feet. Um, it was like not, it wasn't what everybody else was doing. And it was not what my grandmother, and my mother really had raised us on. Um, and so, you know, you can't walk really into Talbot's at, you know that size, and say, "Let me try the largest skirt that you have on," um, because it was like a size like nine for right. me, and I just I wasn't there. And I I realized very quickly that the avenue for me, especially when I started, you know, dating or going into sort of what my style was, I really didn't have a lot of options. Um, mm-hmm. My mom would take me to Lane Bryant for bras and underwear, but there weren't really any. It was it was not clothes I wanted to wear, um, right. and so I wore I had a lot of black clothes, mm-hmm. um, a lot of sweatshirts, a lot. It was like a weird mom soccer mom phase going on where I just like wore jeans and sweatshirts like every day,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: because I didn't have and it wasn't that my mom wasn't like let's go and try this. It was literally, I don't know how to dress your body type, mm-hmm. and so. I had to kind of figure out how to dress my body type. And the things that were given to me at the time before I got into my career were or even into fashion were hiding your body, um dark colors, lots mm-hmm. of dark colors, no bright colors. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of oversized things. It was like what can I do to cover and hide and and, and manipulate the shape of my body. Um, so that was sort of a huge change when I got into modeling, especially fit modeling, where you had to know about your fit, why something fit, why it didn't fit, what was trending, what wasn't trending. Um, and then becoming a model myself and an influencer myself, trying to turn around and talk to people about that. I had to do a lot of change in what I decided to wear. And more importantly, what I would allow myself to wear in a weird way it was Mm -hmm. giving myself the permission versus companies giving me that permission Mm -hmm. um and that's a that was a huge change for me uh especially even within the past five years I mean before I moved to New York when I was in college it was sort of what can I put on my body you know just sort of like okay what do I have access to it was like okay TJ Maxx I could go into there but I was in a women's I was in the women's section, could never wear the right. juniors, you know, it was like, so if I was in the women's section, then I was like, I can't wear a blazer. I'm 18. Like, <laughs> it was like, it was like, can I do this? Like, there was nobody really telling me, hey, you have a larger bust, so this might be better. Or, you know, your waist is smaller, but this is a good size for you or anything like that. There was no guidance in that direction. It was always clothes were to change or alter the size, not express it. Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. so that was a huge change especially when I started really looking into fashion and what 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 I wanted to wear and what I enjoyed
0: yeah for sure yeah um yeah I think that's that's kind of a obviously a common thread that when I talk to my plus size models um you know it's always a little bit of like Uh, I just I didn't have I didn't have options I didn't have access and like the the access that I did have was to like frumpy stuff or stuff that is you know made for people who are older than me and so you're like a teen and a teen like dressing like a a mom (laughs)
1: right and even the things that I did I, I remember a particular moment I went to this girl, it was scarring for me. I just remember being in, I think it was middle school or high school, like going into high school, probably my last year of middle school. I wanted, it was, the theme was a blue theme. Like you had to wear a blue something. Oh, like for, and I, day. for like the For like the party, it was like, oh, just oh, wear a blue. Uh-huh. So I wore, I found this awesome mint color but it wasn't even mint. It was like a turquoise, like it was blue. It was in the blue Mm -hmm. family. And it, it was the first bright color that I had really like enjoyed and, and saw. And my mom was like, great. Like you love that. Great. Like let's wear it. I got to the party and they tore me to shreds. They, those girls were so nasty to me about why are you wearing that color that's not blue that doesn't look right that's not and it was the first time they I think had seen me be confident and excited about something that I was wearing and the girls mm-hmm. I mean tore me to shreds and then I ended up calling my mom and I went home I was like I I'm never wearing blue again I'm never wearing oh bright God. again and she was like oh no, exactly. <laughs> she was like, oh no. She was like, you can wear bright colors. You can wear what makes you feel good. And I was like, nope, can't do it. I'm not allowed to do it. Those girls told me I wasn't allowed to do it. And I distinctly always held, like hold that. And I think that's also why one of my favorite colors is like mint or blue or anything. It's because I'm always like, yeah, I can wear what I want. But um, but yeah, that I distinctly remember too, it was not just a the not having not just having access, but people saying like, no, you're not supposed to stand out. You're not supposed mm-hmm. to be bright and to do mm-hmm. those things. Like that's not what you're supposed to do. And I was like, why? Who who's telling who's supposed but I believed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? And were those were those girls like supposedly your friends? Or were they just like they cool?
1: were so there were schoolmates, and there were the the nicest girl who it was was a was a dear friend in high school, and she actually came to me and she was like, "I think you look beautiful." Like they're just mad because the boys are talking to you. Like I think yeah. you look great, and I was like, "Thanks, Lindsay," and like I was like, Thanks, you know like whatever," and I was mm-hmm. like, "But I'm gonna go home," and she was like, "Please don't go home," and I was like, "I can't do this. Like I feel really bad. I I don't want to be here. Like now that I've done mm-hmm. this, like I as if I had done something wrong, but." there were several of the girls there that were great and wonderful. And that's exactly what happened is I I looked really great. And that was like, not okay. You know, in this, in the, you know, you know, middle school, yeah. school. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, terrible, yeah. they're terrible, like
0: <laughs> so terrible. Yeah. The,
1: terrible. The worst. So, but I do distinctly remember those moments where I was like, not, not allowing my permission to be something that was heard. It was like other people, whether it was a company or, Middle school girls mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. you know um, and then, through your modeling work, obviously you've mentioned a few times that like that changed. like, did it only change because you now had access to things or like what what was going on mentally for you during that time to like make you feel you know more confident and more in your body? I would say that I
1: had access more to not clothing per se, but mentors. Mm-hmm. I I had people like Maxi Green and like other models or other people who had been in the game for, for a little bit more. I remember being especially particularly on that Dia and Co shoot. I remember they had me in an outfit that I would never have believed I would see myself in, it was a patterned, Mm -hmm. it was a patterned skirt, high waist, high legs, uh, or excuse me, high side boots Mm -hmm. and, and this layered sweater that was a different pattern than the pattern I was wearing. And I was just blown away by how easily that came together Mm
0: -hmm. and I looked
1: really good. And I was like, what is this voodoo? Like, what is this magic (laughs) of like, of like. You know, and it was simple things. And I think that that is what I would say, especially going into it. I thought it had to be major changes. Right. I thought it had to be like, okay, I'm bright orange or I'm bright yellow and I want big loud patterns and this, and that was just not the case. It was literally, these are simple things that you can build this outfit with that you enjoy that are comfortable that are still a part of your personality, but it didn't have to be this drastic thing for me. And that became a lot less intimidating for me is that when I had people who said, just add this to it, or I was on set and I would see how they styled other people's bodies. Like Mm -hmm. for example, like Alex and I, like even being on that same set, she wasn't dressed in the same stuff I was wearing. Like Mm -hmm. not even in the same sense of, you know, it was uh, dresses versus pants versus skirts. I mean, it was literally every model on there was dressed differently. And I've also noticed that, you know, on set and and being around fat like costume designers or people who are the props people or people who are the ones that are dressing you. I recently had a commercial that I that I shot, and they had. a a team of wardrobe people, and they could not figure out how to dress me. And I just, I just remember it was such a moment where I confidently could say, you can't dress someone like this. I'm not everybody like this is not how this is. Plus women don't need to be in a body con dress all the time. Like, that's not necessarily what's going to be portrayed here. I also don't need to be in an oversized poncho thing. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work either, you know? And the wardrobe, they kept coming back, coming back. And there was a woman on the production team who came back and God bless her. She came back and she said, um, do you love it? Do you feel confident? Do you, do you feel good in it? That's how we should be dressing her. I just remember her being like, as, as she just said it, she was like, as the only full figured woman on this staff, this is how we should be dressing people do you love it? Do you feel confident? Can you walk across the stage and do the directions you need to do confidently? Great. Then, then let's find something that you do that, that works. Right. And it totally changed the day of the set. And I think that those moments of just like taking that knowledge from other people in certain places, whether it's professional, whether it's, you know, seeing it on a website or seeing like, how does that, you know, trying it just little things, Made it like I said far less intimidating to just get back to the basics of things. Um, really helped, really, really helped change how I dress today. You know, how I wake up and be, does this make me feel good? You yeah. know,
0: if not, I don't want to wear it. <laughs> it's such a weird yeah. phenomenon. The whole like plus size women specifically can only be in like sexy body con dresses or like tents. Like, I don't.
1: I I truly don't understand where
0: that came from. (laughs) I truly, and you know, it's such a, it's, I mean, we could talk about this for so long, but I,
1: (laughs) I, I don't know where, here's what I'll say. In my own personal experience, Mm -hmm. my mom and I have had such a hard time in our relationship because I, I am not a smaller person Mm -hmm. and she was, you know, a smaller person. And she had a fa- it, I know where it came from. It came from her mom, mm-hmm. and and her mom said stuff like that to her. And my mom was given a plus size child from you know who was going through puberty and was always sort of this way. And sort of instead of trying to be like, how do I cater to this child? It was oh my gosh, how do I take my life lessons and do that? And I think a lot of people. They mean well, but it's it comes from I think a lot of generations of this, mm-hmm. a lot of generations more of what we are supposed to do not only as females and and what our roles are and X Y and Z, but a lot of it is just passed down mm-hmm. um, from from what people are supposed to expect. So I think that a lot of the time, I especially on wardrobe or things like that, when people try to relate to plus people, if you're a plus person on a set. Um, they they mean well. I always hope that they mean well. It's one of those things where I'm like, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt because I know this is probably like what your mom said to you, or your grandmother said to you, or your aunt said to you. Yeah. But like, we got to get past this. <laughs> it's like, it's mm-hmm. like, I think I know where it comes from, and I hear you, and I know you're trying to like relate in a way, but. We we have to get past this verbiage and we have to get past this mindset
0: because
1: yeah. it doesn't. That's it's too it's 2021. I mean it's just too long now. <laughs> right, like, right, right. We've just been doing this for too long now. Like let's let's just stop it, you know. And so mm-hmm. I think that comes from passing me on. But but I will say I just don't ever want to pass that on to my kid. Like right. I just, I don't and, and mm-hmm. to anyone in my life, cause it's just not, even when they mean well, and I love my mom and we, we've, we've grown so much together right through this process, but she definitely, I think it was something like, I love you. And this is how I, how I want to express my concern, or this is what I've been taught or what I was told.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: that's, it just keeps happening. It just keeps passing down the line. And I Mm -hmm. think that we have to be the ones to stop it, which isn't always fair that that's the responsibility on us. But that's the only way it's going to stop, I feel like. Right.
0: Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, I mean, I've definitely talked to so many people over the years through Smart Glamour about like things that we've been taught about ourselves Wrongly, and like, where did you learn that about yourself? And like, you know, I feel like I can kind of break it down to like two general categories one being like just what we've learned through osmosis mm-hmm. of like watching TV, watching movies, seeing advertisements, like that kind of stuff it just goes in. And then the other half is like, oh, well, that's what my mom said about my body, or my aunt said about my body, or my grandmother said about my body. Or, you know, this one woman at school who meant a lot to me one time said about my body or like you know what I mean? Like you just you you just grasp onto things that people say and you hold them tight. And then you have to like learn how to unlearn them and like relearn yeah. things. So like yeah, I, I agree. It really Or things you hear too. About yeah yeah mm -hmm. like
1: like my like that's one of the things that I really I always try to work on because I'm the worst at this like I will say self-deprecating things Mm -hmm. you know whether I'm joking or it's out loud and and I remember I'm like why did I even pick that up like what is that and then I'll go home for a few days and it's the underlying comments that my mom says about herself Right. that, that I never, it's absorbed, whether you are actively listening or not, that is absorbed mm-hmm. that energy and that mentality. And so I think even if it's not directed at you, like you said, that other sort of osmosis right. of, of information, um, when I hear it about other people, that's, that's when I'm like, Oh, like, that's always a thing for me too.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think it's also a little bit of like, oh, well, that, that's how you feel about yourself. That's how you feel about that other person. How much you feel about me? then? Like, you know, it's just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Spiral. Be, kind Spiral out. be kind, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit about your influencer work. So um, I feel like that might also be something that, I mean, it, I, it has to Didn't be. Because it. this many years ago, like, no, that wasn't even a word. Or that wasn't a job. No. So like, how did you end up decided to lean into that and try to make money off of your, your social media accounts or how how did that all happen? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So it actually happened simultaneously with the modeling situation. When I first met with um, a friend of of a friend, uh, my costume designer friend who referred me to this other, this other friend. um, When I sat down with her, uh, one of the things she explained was if you want to get more photographers or you want to work with more companies they may not pay you right away or you may just be starting out but a really great thing to do is to is to do your social media mm. and when i first started my social media was a personal page it was my name it was whatever and she was actually the one to suggest one page this is what this page is for have a persona have a have a username that people know and start posting your modeling stuff on, uh, on the Instagram and see if you can get more people, more photographers. It was really for more, more content and for the portfolio than anything. Um, and then it shifted because I went to an audition for hairspray and I got in there and (laughs) I did the audition. I was very proud of the audition. The, the gentleman behind the casting table was wow that was amazing and then I got through the next segment and I I did my audition and then they just said you know I'm really sorry but we're just looking for somebody who's a little bit bigger and Hmm. my whole world just exploded mentally because I as a performer have been told my entire life again I've always been sort of a broad-shouldered tall big person um I have always been told like, Oh, you, this is what you can play. You can play Tracy from Hairspray. Like this is (laughs) what you can play. (laughs) And I'm like, great. That's the one role I can play. Okay. (laughs) Here's my time to shine. I'm going to do this. And when he said, we're looking for someone bigger. And, and I, I just sort of was like, if I am too small to play the one role that I've been told my entire life that I'm supposed to play or been given, accessibility to mm-hmm. and i'm too big to ever play bell and beauty and the beast or play an in ingenue or, or, or whatever what Man. the hell am i doing here and i noticed that a lot of actors were going through this a lot of performers a lot of people were saying they only cast me in funny fat roles they don't cast me in love interest they don't cast me in any of this stuff And then I worked for a summer theater camp and I noticed that these girls 10, ages 10 to 14 were altering their photos and their bodies. And, and, and one girl had like five different apps to change her eyes and her, and her hair and her body. And, and I just remember seeing like, there's a connection here. Like there, there is something here we've got to change. And so the modeling stuff turned into, okay, I'm going to express my modeling, get in front of the camera, empower myself in any way I can and to show real my body in its realist form to hopefully inspire other people to do the same and then take that idea and that technique and try to transfer it into teaching these kids about body positivity and their bodies and mm-hmm. how to use it in theater and how to use it as a character development to tell their story, uh, and and express their platform that way. And so I've been working for a long time now on on workshops and and things like that to just get things together. Um, and a lot of a lot of unfortunately, a lot of people don't. You know, Broadway is Broadway, right? Like, there's a, still a certain type of person that you see, and and there's still a certain type of character that's allowed to allowed to be on there. Um, mm-hmm. So there has been even resistance in in wanting to do workshops like that with students. Um, but I I that influencing page sort of became more of a, okay, this is what I want to use this for. Um, mm-hmm. Lately, it's been a lot. And then brands just sort of were like, okay, cool. You have a lot of followers or you have a lot of really great model shots or wow, you can take really great photos or you can work with really great photographers. Let's start giving brands and doing that. And then that's when it really just picked up. I mean, it really picked up a few. Uh, I want to say a couple years ago, all of a sudden it went from like 250 people to a hundred thousand people, and it was kind of like, okay, it's a mixed bag of people who are in, you know, the curvy community and the body positive community. There are people there who just want to come on and see my photos because they think I'm pretty. Mostly strange men, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know there. And then there are also people in the theater community who are. Who are saying, Oh, okay, this is what you want, this is what you do, or this is how you want to do it. And I get on there and do monologues, or get on there and sing, or mm-hmm. get on there and just sort of say, like, these roles we can do. This mm-hmm. is not we we can do these roles. You can put us in these in these sort of compartments all you want, but I want to get out there and do something that's not the same. I wanna sing Sarah Borelis because she's an ingenue, she writes ingenue characters, and I can do that. And so Right. That's sort of how it, it kind of has developed. And it's sort of a marge of people and sort of followers that I have. But I've tried to stay really consistent as much as possible in what I'm posting. I'm, I just started, especially now with COVID and everything, these new series and things like that to just sort of cater to that audience as much as possible. Um, mm-hmm. The theater community, the model community, and then just positivity, whether that's body positivity, just just the mentality. Um, I think is really needed right now, um, especially. So that's, yeah, that's a long-winded answer of how all of this <laughs> kind of kind of came to be, but it, it definitely was not the intention. Uh, the modeling sort of jump-started that influencer stuff and then we're here now with 295,000 people. Wow. Which is, I'm just grateful. I'm like, great, cool. Keep it coming. Keep coming back. Cool. cool, Yeah, I
0: feel like it wasn't that long ago that you were just at like two hundred, right? So I've I've yeah, that's a a good uh, good chunk there. All of a sudden. Well,
1: over quarantine, we ended up leaving New York,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, and we ended up our our parents are both at high uh, high risk. My sister and I. My sister was in L.A. I was in New York. Hmm. We left. We went to North Carolina. Two weeks turned into seven months in North Carolina. Wow. Of because of everything, so while I was in North Carolina, we revamped the page. We basically I negotiated with uh, my agency representation through social media, uh, talked to them about what we were going to do, what we weren't going to do, who we were going to work with, who we weren't going to work with, and basically set up a little talk show with my sister and just be, got people to come back to the page for more of the positive mindset um, to kind of help people get through everything that was going on so that really helped during quarantine it it brought a new audience and sort of shifted the page a little bit just from modeling and theater stuff to I want to do this this is what I want to do I want to talk to people and 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 bring them to a page where they feel that they can be positive and open and and um safe because everything was sort of still crazy
0: (laughs) right yeah still (laughs) we're still we're still here (laughs) Uh but. so I know we've probably kind of touched on a few of these things just by you know uh talking about <laughs> life in I general know right and yeah, I know, here, but, yeah. but what what are um I'm sure there's lots of things, but what are one or two things that you would like to see change in you know the acting industry and then also maybe you know the modeling industry modeling sass slash fashion? industry i would say
1: first and foremost i think i think that the we've come a long way i I do think that there there's been a a strong movement for diverse campaigns and for Mm -hmm. i personally have seen a lot more representation uh in all sorts of campaigns Mm -hmm. um I wish, and and especially with everything, I think businesses that are black-owned businesses or people of color-owned businesses. I mean, things fashion-wise, I I want it to go even further. I mm-hmm. think I think we are in a at a really pivotal point where you know we were just talking about we can kind of be as cheesy as it sounds, be the change for this this pattern that we're seeing. I think we need to break that. Um, I think that I would love to two things one in the fashion industry to continue that to not let that die to really push that forward even more um and i'll tell you as as a you know straight white woman first and <laughs> foremost mm-hmm. i say very very passionately for those of you who feel like you you can't move forward or you when we win everybody wins right so you want i want to see more people that are diverse i want to see people who don't look like me in a mm-hmm. lot of ways, because mm-hmm. I think that it's critical for moving forward regardless. Um, I think that I have always been moved and touched by people who don't look like me to push me forward and to make make sure that I'm doing what I can to continue to be diverse and to do things like shop local, see, see where your clothes come from. A lot, a lot of things, I think this movement recently has been, has allowed people to think twice about mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Um, before pressing by mm-hmm. people are like, wait a second. Is this locally owned? Who runs this? What's this material made out of? Right. Um, like what's their, wait, what's their website look like? Oh, wait, they only offer up to an XL. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, like things that people I think now I would really like to continue that momentum um, in general. And I also would say, I would just love, and I know that this is just a dream possibly, but the body shaming. I, I just, I just, Mallory, I just beg of people, <laughs> just cut it out. Like I, I've, you know, I was on TikTok the other, I got banned from TikTok because I posted a video of me living my best life as a plus size person. I don't know what happened. Um, I, I get to come back in February. They allowed me to come back in February, but I had this moment where I just saw people, the body shaming. If you, I don't understand. If you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say it at all. We live in a fast paced world. You don't have to comment on someone else's page. You don't even have to follow someone if you don't uh, want to. Yeah, Just <laughs> take two uh-huh. seconds. Just go, boop, unfollow. And I wish uh-huh. you all the best. Wish you all the best. And And that's cool. That's fine. I would hope that that's my other hope as our industry moves forward. Is that I really want to bring more positivity and light to people's uh, mental health because I, I, and there this body shaming stuff that we're that I just have seen, especially in this, this TikTok generation is what I'll call them. I, I just am hoping and praying that more people push that boundary to say that this is unacceptable. Like mm-hmm. we can't keep doing this and to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. For one, finally, I just want it to be broken because I'm I'm I just get so tired of people's comments. I'm like, just don't go away, go bake something, (laughs) you know, like go it just go start a hobby, (sighs) start knitting. I don't know, something that will take up that time of why you feel like you need to be negative. Um, so those are mine, no more body shaming and keep the movement pushing,
0: like, don't lose energy and traction with what we're doing let's go bigger you know yeah i think the thing with like negative comments on the internet um whether they're specifically like body negative comments or just like negative like trolling comments in general so much of that stems from like that person's unhappiness um and like if it's body it could be insecurities that are there um you know just vomiting outwards in that way. I remember Mm. like so many years ago um hearing I think it was Jess Baker talking about Tess holiday because back when Uh Tess like first became like you know famous back in like twenty fourteen um obviously people are mad. I mean people are still mad Mm. (laughs) but I remember just I remember Jess Baker saying um people say these terrible things about plus size people and fat people on the internet, because they've been taught their whole lives that they have to be focused on trying to make themselves smaller and fit in and do this and that and diet and restrict themselves and whatever. So that when they see somebody who refuses to do that and is happy and is successful, um, they're mad because they feel like they that person like cheated the system um and isn't following the rule the rules uh i'm putting quotes around all that um of society and so they lash out at that person because they're like well Mm -hmm. how dare you be happy when i'm not happy um so i'm gonna yell at you yeah (laughs) the internet yeah
1: (laughs) or say or say you know say cruel things and say stuff. And I, I think I've been using this analogy, especially with the pandemic. I think something that's that I've just noticed more than anything. And I, I think I saw this somewhere, but I keep saying this to people. I've said it on my series that I've been doing. We are all in a flood right now. Mm. Some people have yachts. Some people have small boats. Some people have life jackets and some people are Rose and Jack on a door right now. And they are barely making it. But the fact of the matter is we're all still in this flood together. And so adding those negative thoughts and those negative things is adding water to this flood. And some people can handle it because they have yachts. They they can hold on to it. And some people cannot handle it because they are barely hanging on to the door in general. And I think if anything, it's, I, it's something that I just, have never understood. Why would you want to add to the flood, mm-hmm. whether somebody can deal with it or not? You know, I tend to sort of try to be as, you know, quote unquote strong or, or try to just let those brush off. But the reality of it is regardless if I can or not, we don't need to add to the flood because everybody's going through it. So I think that it's, it's one of those things where I've just learned to sort of be like, yeah, okay. that that's, you're adding water. We don't need any more water right now. You got a life jacket, we're you got good. a life, you know, we're good, just throw we're us a life jacket, water. that's fine. No more water, please, we're done <laughs> with water. <laughs> we don't need any more water, okay? So, so I think, yeah, I think it definitely comes from a, a place of hurt and I hope, mm-hmm. I have a lot of hope that it will change. That, that this will become something that people can say, you know, I know, I don't know if you just saw recently, I think it was Cosmopolitan that came out with like the, this is healthy. Oh yeah, yeah. All the and kind. it had, that was a big, I was so, I was like, great, mm-hmm. cool. At least it's a step. Now, of course, people oh, yeah. are still, you know, ticked. But I was like, yeah, yeah. at least we are, for for younger generations to see in some way yeah. that this is, this is okay. Mm-hmm. you know it's like i don't have to prove my health to you all the time and that right. these ideas need to break up and change so yeah, yeah let's hope sure. that that's what yeah, happens
0: yeah i mean <laughs> n- literally nothing changes overnight and I, I this is something that i say a lot on this podcast that like so many of these issues and problems that we discuss are so big and they um exist in so many different spaces in life you know like they exist in systems. They exist in personal relationships. They exist in media. Like just so many ways that like there is no like here's the button to fix that. Like you know right. it's, it's got to be fixed in many different tiny ways all over the place at the same time to then like exactly. gradually go in the correct direction. Like it's not like right. we're not gonna wake up tomorrow and there's no more mean comments on the internet. Like it's just gonna- right. like <laughs> right, right. It's just like not gonna happen. It's like not gonna <laughs> no.
1: yeah but i hope i think that's my biggest thing with the with the way that i see my page going or what i'm looking to do is to actually provide a little bit of that understanding and meeting diverse people from diverse areas or backgrounds or what they do and having people come on and just talk to people in a in a motivating positive way um because i think that even small steps yeah. like you said, are just really important. Being able to go to a page and not feel not welcome there. You, you know, that's always been my thing with social media. is I, It's just so much of you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't wear this. You can't have this. Look at this. This is the epitome of beauty. This is what we're supposed to do. And I just don't want to be in that page anymore. You know, I'm just like, I don't, regardless, I'm like, I don't want to be someone on your newsfeed that is, feeding that to you. I'd rather feed you me with no makeup, trying to do a burpee (laughs) because I hate burpees. Do you know what I mean? Like let's, Mm -hmm. let's like talk about how much everybody hates burpees or me trying something new and not liking it or like me, you know, just like humanizing this idea, the mentality. I think the more that we can bring human beings forward of all diverse background, color, everything Mm
0: -hmm. it's better.
1: It's just always better.
0: Absolutely. I agree. So on that note, where can people find you and follow you on the internet? Yes. So
1: um, my Instagram is curvy C-U-R-V-Y underscore Capone C-A-P-O-N-E. That is my last name. I didn't steal it from a fellow (laughs) Italian person. I've been asked if I like just took it and I was like, no, <sighs> nope, that's my last name. Um, I am on uh, Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn for the business type. Um, and I have, like I said, been banned from TikTok. So I do have a TikTok uh, and it is Curvy Capone. There's no underscore on that, but I will not, unfortunately, be able to return to the TikTok community until i believe february 4th is when i've been my been given my time to return so uh you can find me there as well but uh not yet so
0: well when when this comes out we'll we'll be past that so unless you get banned once
1: again once again (laughs) which i have no intention no intention of being tiktok banned again the (laughs) tweens the tweens are after me but i won't let it happen uh (laughs) so you can follow me on tiktok curvy capone on that and then the instagram has the underscore but yeah wonderful
0: well thank you yeah. so much jana this is a lot large- oh yeah thank you so much for
1: for having me and we could literally talk about this for hours so we'll have to do we'll have
0: to do more i hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of fashion for all please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to SmartGlamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash SmartGlamour and Instagram at Smart underscore Glamour. Thanks.